podcast where I, Lydia, and I, Ashna, open up the conversation on sustainability to inform and empower. We want to connect real people to topics they care and are curious about, but without the jargon or BS. Mm. Join us as we chat about all things sustainability related and how they intersect with our daily lives. From eating out to what we wear, to the latest technology and more. And we're also going to bring in some really cool guests doing cool things for people and the planet. Hello, we're back. Welcome back. Uh, so this week, another uh, guest episode, which we are the most excited about, um, especially as this one is one I, I hunted down until I could, could speak to the founder because I'm so passionate about this topic. Um, but today we're with Emily um, in her home, the co-founder of Oddbox, which is a subscription-based wonky fruit and veg box delivery uh, that brings you fresh veg, fruit from all around the UK, um, and it's it's food that would have been wasted, which is really exciting for us because, you know, we, we talk about food waste so often, um, it, and it's a box we actually get every, every week, twice a week at my office, Some really great fruit that comes, um, and again, it really just goes to show you that wonky veg is not something that should be thrown away. It's beautiful, it's tasty, it's it's real food. Um, and again, at Oddbox, they've saved an equivalent to 78 double-deckers worth of food waste. And that's a hell of a lot of meals, roughly mm. equivalent of 300,000 meals. I'll let Emily clarify these, these facts. Um, but again, we've talked about food waste in the terms of avoiding um, prevention, turning it into beer with toast ale. Um, what other food waste topics have we covered? We had um, oleo in, yeah, so about so sharing food and avoiding waste. Yeah, but I guess what we really want to cover today is is the wonky veg phenomenon, which mm. you know has gone crazy in the media, which is, is just great, but it's a massive problem. So mm. the fact that, you know, a third of the food is still wasted, that's a big issue. And and really wanted to to understand it from a different perspective from the fact that, you know, there's so much food poverty that still goes on. Um, but again, you know, food when it comes straight from from the farmers shouldn't be wasted. It hasn't even touched the hands of of a consumer. And for me, that's that's a hundred percent avoidable. Mm. So, so really keen to to get diving into this topic today. Yeah, and yeah, on that, um, I think something like a third of um, what is produced on farms is wasted before it even leaves the farm, which is just crazy. And as we were talking to another guest um, on another episode. It was, you know, her parents were farmers and just the, you know, from a personal perspective, if you're getting up really early, going to bed late, producing, you know, perfectly delicious produce, to see a third of that wasted is just kind of heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um, also, yeah, I mean, all of this, the stats that you hear, you know, we've heard a lot about food waste uh, in the media recently. Um you know, it can lead people to feeling a bit helpless. I know for me, it, it has. So, you know, we we don't want to dwell on on the the downsides on this episode today. We want to kind of empower people to take notice and sort of use companies like Oddbox um, to seek solutions and stop the waste from happening in the first place. Mm -hmm. 
And again, another thing that, that Oddbox touches on, which we'll dive into, is, is food poverty and how that food actually goes to charities and people in need, which is really impressive and, and something that we really do want to shed a light on on this episode. Um, but before we, we introduce you to Emily, uh, this week we did a challenge, as we, as we always do, um, and this week it's going to be including Emily, um, where we're going to be listing out a whole bunch of fruit and veg and understanding where or why the waste could occur in these items, whether it's surplus or, you know, a wonky shape or size or the wrong color, just to understand, you know, why is food waste occurring in these perfectly edible um, and delicious fruit and veg. Um, But yeah, again, now uh, really excited to introduce you to Emily. So Emily, welcome. Thank you for hosting us in your wonderful home. Um, But did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, So I'm the co-founder of Outbox. We started Outbox three years ago. And uh, uh, as you mentioned, we're uh, uh, what uh, people say, London's first wonky fruit and veg box subscription. (laughs) We basically uh, work directly with... uh, growers and suppliers all across the UK and source produce which either don't meet supermarket specification or surplus to requirements. And we bring that to uh, consumers. So we do uh, fruit and veg boxes for homes and we do fruit boxes for offices um, through a subscription system where people get their box of uh, wonky and surplus produce delivered to their door on weekly or fortnightly basis. And uh, because from the start, uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we don't waste anything ourselves and that uh, we contribute uh, to uh, reducing food poverty and uh, at least in a small way, anything that we have surplus, uh, we donate that to uh, charity partners. Ah, Okay. And when was the kind of switch moment for you? How did the idea kind of come about? So it took uh, quite a while. Uh, so originally, I'm from northern France, and my grandparents were uh, on both sides potato farmers. So uh, I've got lots of stories. I never really worked on the farm, but lots of stories from my dad of him spending his holidays and weekends um, on the farm. And uh, um, we grew up in the countryside and with my sister, we loved the fact that my dad had a fruit and veg plot. We had lots of fruit trees uh, and uh, well, my dad would grow raspberries and strawberries and the summer was amazing because we would do kind of competitions of who could put the highest number of raspberries in their mouth. <laughs> That's the kind of things that we would do with my sister. <laughs> and then at the end of the summer, we would just kind of go around um, the streets in the neighborhood to collect blackberries and make jam that we could then have mm-hmm. the rest of the year. So, really kind of uh, close to uh, produce and eating things that uh, had been grown in the garden. And um, so after that, uh, before coming to the UK, I uh, worked for a few years in India, where again, when you live in, uh, um, in a country like India, uh, there's lots of small markets. And uh, I loved that April and May, I could get mangoes everywhere in the street, but it was only two months a year. And so when I came to the UK, I had a bit of uh, a shock because when you uh, shop at the supermarket, you can, so it's, it's quite amazing because you can get everything all year round, but then strawberries in winter don't really taste of anything. And in addition, mm-hmm. everything is in plastic. You can't buy anything yeah. uh, 
can no, you can't buy yeah. one mm. apple uh, now uh, maybe a bit more but uh, uh, 10 years ago when I came to the UK you couldn't buy uh, a single mm. apple in a supermarket uh, which uh, which is crazy and mm. so um, that's kind of uh, um, but the idea for Hotbox didn't really come uh, at that time um, it came through seeing more programs about uh, food waste so a French supermarket uh, launched a campaign on imperfect fruit and veg mm -hmm. and then uh, you firmly with Stall did uh, mm. a book, big uh, war on waste uh, campaign and uh, um, we kind of uh, started to look into the issue of uh, food waste and uh, it really uh, happened when um, we went on holidays to Portugal and there uh, you kind of see all these amazing tomatoes which taste delicious mm -hmm. and I was getting more and more frustrated and so that's kind of uh, what started uh, us really looking into the issue of food waste and realizing uh, the kind of stats that you mentioned that uh, 20 to 40 percent of all produce don't actually make it to the supermarket shelves and so mm -hmm. I contacted a few suppliers because I was just interested mm -hmm. in the issue and what's amazing is that when you ask people, uh, people uh, like to help and like to show you what they are doing. So I went to visit a huge um, veg pack house where they were packing uh, uh, organic carrots. And uh, you would think that because it's organic, there's less waste, but it wasn't the case at all. So uh, there were all these carrots on the uh, picking line, going down the picking line, and everything which was uh, too big, too small, had small blemishes or had small cuts, cut was falling into mm. uh, uh, a huge box which was then sent uh, to landfill mm. just painful Shocking. to see yeah yeah wow well thank you we'll dive right back into that in a minute but shall we do our switch on switch off moments yeah sure um do you have one do you want to kick us off sure um yeah so we every week we talk about switch on switch off moments switch on being the moments where we've seen something particularly interesting or cool around sustainability um or done something uh and switch off moments where we might not have been our most sustainable selves um recognizing that we're just human and not perfect um so mine this week is a switch off um last night we had um a party with the uh, at the office and it it was great fun um we had drinks and snacks but it was just kind of surprising the amount of um, waste we had in terms of packaging, even for drinks bottles, which I hadn't really thought about before, because you've got the, the because if it was Prosecco and things like that, and you've got the little wire top on the over the cork, you've got the wrapping mm -hmm. around the cork, the cork itself, and then the glass bottle, and it's just, you know, seeing it, at a scale kind of made me think oh that's a bit that's a lot there just for a, for a drink um so I didn't really know what to do about that um and then yeah just the things like snacks and if things don't get eaten they just kind of are left out and then you you know people don't want to eat it the next day so it ends up being thrown away especially with dips at a party yeah mm -hmm. dip waste yeah drives I me mean, nuts yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Because it sits true. out for the whole party. Yeah. And, and then, then you it, can't really. You can't. If it's like a creamy dip, yeah. can you? You know, yeah. it's garbage. Mm. Yeah. So that was my switch off this week. And I don't really know, you know what to do about that in future. So... I guess maybe more moving to a make your own, whereas, you know, yeah. one of my Christmas parties, um, uh, when we, we made our own thing, so, like, everyone mm. had a dish, so it's a lot less waste when you're making it, bringing it, yeah. um, versus, like, chips bags or, mm. you know, those tiny little pots of hummus. You can make it your own, refill a smaller bowl every time, put mm. it back in the fridge. And mm. use, like, a reusable container exactly. as well, whereas yeah. all of mm-hmm. these snacky things, they come in, like, plastic-wrapped things which aren't recyclable or don't get recycled or yeah or maybe just buying kind of bigger quantities so at least if something gets wasted or if uh, if you have a container then it's only one instead of Mm -hmm. the 20 yeah definitely you know what i've also been doing at certain parties is having tupperware that people are telling your guests to bring tupperware so if it Mm. is a, a dinner party for instance they can take things home or you can give it out to people rather than yeah. having a lot of waste, waste. Yeah. yeah so that's nice so, the tupperware party that's making like a, a new thing you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know when you were little you used to have a party bag at the end of a party yeah. and take home your little yeah definitely take home treat <laughs> what about you emily um so one mine was one from uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago but uh, that i kind of uh, get excited about uh, every week so i bought um kind of uh, recyclable plastic a huge bag from uh, Oliver Bonas mm. um, mm. that fits in my handbag and that I can carry everywhere and use for my grocery shopping and it probably can uh, contain twice uh, what you can put in a normal bag so I, I end up uh, with uh, shoulder pain carrying everything <laughs> back from the supermarket <laughs> but I feel so proud that, that uh, I don't have to buy the plastic plastic bags in the supermarket because mm-hmm. even though uh, they are saying that uh, they are kind of uh, recyclable it's never great uh, to have mm-hmm. to buy uh, additional bags yeah mm. and now they're starting to actually discontinue the um the plastic bags that you put your veg in like mm-hmm. when you're in yeah. the produce aisle mm-hmm. and changing them for um like paper, paper ones yeah. which is so much smarter yeah. Because those rolls, you can just yeah. take so many of People them. Just, yeah. And you don't actually even need them because when you take them back to your house, you probably remove it and it just, goes straight into a bin. Yeah. Um, great. My one. I didn't actually have one, but your your switch off made me think of a switch on. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so a soda stream um it's something yeah. that we bought a few years ago and me and my husband are obsessed with this soda stream and so much to where I, I told my cousin about it he bought one my parents bought one just because we loved sparkling water and he loved soda so now um it's such a great concept because yeah. you know you have your own bottle you you fill that up you're not wasting a lot of water either because you just fill what you want um and then the co2 tank you just get a new one and, and refill it which is great yeah yeah i love soda stream yeah you should get one it's great and they're mm-hmm. also not that expensive either mm. so they should come on the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get back to emily and your story so um yeah you've you've told us about how the idea came about um and you know where like from that point you know what what then did you then do to take an idea into action 
Yes, so uh, so that's quite that's the difficult part. But uh, one thing I did is that I uh, started telling a lot of uh, people around me that I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. And once you tell people, you kind of feel committed. And uh, we just started really small. So we started in uh, South London and initially with, I said, uh, we're just going to do a trial for six mm -hmm. weeks to see uh, how it goes. And so we uh, we printed a few uh, flyers with kind of what the idea was with, with some uh, prices. We looked at what other people sell their boxes mm -hmm. at and distributed that around the neighborhood to um, because we wanted to get 20 customers so obviously half of them were our friends that we had forced to uh, <laughs> sign up to our box but the rest were genuine customers and that was really exciting to yeah. get kind of these first 10 customers and we then found two uh, suppliers who were also wholesalers in the New Covent Garden market uh, from whom we mm -hmm. could get uh, the produce and so it, uh, uh, it was kind of uh, initially it was just going because I was still working full time at that time so it was going there at uh, 4 in the morning on Saturday morning because mm -hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the wholesale market is only open in the night mm -hmm. and then packing the boxes and distributing wow. that ourselves and you did it everything yourself you just yes. packed it put yeah. it in a box and the customers those those 20 that you got were they you know willing to to kind of get whatever came into their box or were they quite selective and they wanted certain veg no initially we told them that uh, that was just a, a trial to mm -hmm. start we sent them an email in advance with kind of uh, the uh, produce that uh, we knew we would be able to get so mm -hmm. like a day in advance uh, we told them what would come in the box but uh, uh, people couldn't swap what they want. Yeah, which I think mm. is great. Yeah, because it kind of, we've got this mentality now, as you were saying, about having everything on demand all year round. And, you know, if we want to tackle the issue of food waste, it's kind of, you know, we can't yep. accept that anymore. So to have something more seasonal or what's, what's there available at the time. Yeah. And that's what actually creates waste. Mm. It's because uh, we've got things growing, and but we want something else. Mm -hmm. So that mismatch between demand and supply creates a waste. So uh, the good thing about a veg box is that we're able to choose what goes in the box. Yeah, People great. know that yeah. it's going to be seasonal and that they don't necessarily uh, always have the choice. Mm. Obviously, uh, we also don't want to create pass on waste onto customers. So uh, now people can specify if uh, they're allergic or uh, if there's something that uh, they want it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll swap with something else. But mm -hmm. we oh, don't uh, necessarily yeah. tell them what we're going to swap it with. But it's, it's always so exciting. Mm -hmm. it, honestly, every you know we get one on a Monday and a Wednesday and it's such a fun surprise. It's like, ooh, apples. And it almost makes you think that it's like, oh, that's either in season or apples yeah. aren't going right now or whatever the reason is, which is mm. quite cool. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, you know, sourcing the produce, I know you work with so many local farmers around the UK. How did that process go in terms of, you know, how did you start? Were you just knocking on the doors of, of the farmers saying, we want your wonky yeah, veg? So, so it, was, it was quite a lot of that. And so uh, at the start, it was kind of uh, me uh, calling, emailing, and then uh, Deepak, who's my uh, co-founder and husband as well. Um, and then we recruited our first uh, operations manager, so Gavin, who joined us um, 
very early on in the journey and he was uh, doing that, uh, trying to find additional suppliers. And he was from th the fresh produce industry. He had worked in a fruit pack house in Kent. Mm -hmm. So he had some of these relationships. And slowly, uh, we developed more and more relationships. But it was it was very difficult at the start. We thought we would just uh, call uh, growers and they would be really happy to mm -hmm. speak to us. And they would just send us uh, whatever yeah. they had surplus. But uh, no, it, it didn't happen like that. Uh, growers just want to focus on growing and they grow for the retailer. Mm -hmm. For them, it was a bit of a distraction. Our volume were tiny, so they were not really interested. So it took quite a lot of time to convince them that it was worthwhile, that we were serious about uh, doing something mm -hmm. about this issue and that we would be growing as well. Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. for them, in a sense, now that it's become bigger in in the news and the yeah. media and on all this stuff, people are becoming way more aware. Yes. Whereas mm -hmm. I could imagine three years ago, it was just, you know, proving that and, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. getting them to care yeah. and when mm -hmm. the why really wasn't established three years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And how do you find it now in terms of uh, approaching new suppliers? Do you... Are they coming to you more, you know? Yes, yeah, so now we're quite well known in the fresh produce industry and we work with um, a lot of the big suppliers who also supply the supermarkets. So uh, we, uh, we still it's still a mix of us contacting them, but we also have some of suppliers who know about us and will contact us to work mm. with us. Mm. But it's still kind of... Uh, we still had to arrange all of the logistics. So we work with third-party logistics company to kind of go and collect all mm. the produce, bring them to our warehouse, and then kind of we pack the produce ourselves. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask about how you d deal with the logistics of it because, yeah, you've got suppliers all around and then customers all around, and it's just kind of like... And then you've got something which is perishable, yep. kind of you have to redistribute it fairly quickly yep. so yeah it must be quite yes intense. it's quite uh, a Quick, lot yeah. to organize and uh, obviously we don't want to have the produce uh, sitting in our warehouse for too long so at the start we were kind of uh, first it was uh, it was us going directly then um, we employed drivers with vans and then used the logistics company and now it's uh, big trucks who come and deliver to us on uh, three days a week. Mm. And then uh, we kind of uh, pack all the boxes for six days a week and uh, deliver on the same day. Wow, on the same day? Yeah. That's so a quick turnaround. Yeah, so the way we <laughs> can, uh, kind of um, do our deliveries is, so for offices we deliver on uh, Monday and Wednesday in the morning, mm -hmm. but for homes we deliver overnight. So the boxes mm. are packed um, during the daytime, and then our driver will uh, all our drivers will come between um, five and eight to uh, get the boxes, and then they deliver and they leave it on people's doorstep. So that means that uh, it's faster, and therefore the the impact, the environment, environmental mm. impact is lower because there's less. Uh, uh, emission mm. there's less uh, fuel usage ah yeah I didn't think of that aspect mm -hmm. actually that's clever because the traffic is crazy in London yeah 
yeah that's such a good idea <laughs> yeah and it doesn't really matter like it's quite nice to wake up and have a nice box, box. Yeah. on your doorstep yeah. you know it doesn't and, and also you, people wouldn't if you did it in the day as well people wouldn't be in and it would yeah. just be sitting out there or get stolen mm. or yeah so it's it would be you know, the same and uh, sometimes people ask us oh, what's happening with uh, foxes but somehow foxes don't really like fruit and veg <laughs> so they'd rather go into <laughs> the dustbins <laughs> um, well, I guess moving on to to the kind of charity side of it, you, you said you know the, the food that doesn't get put into a box goes to charity. Working with City Harvest um, and Brixton Community Fridge, can you just tell us a bit about that? And I think how did you decide to do that? Because that's such an admirable thing for a business to, to dedicate so much time towards. Yeah. So for us, uh, kind of, we know that there's. Uh, a huge amount of food poverty and even in the UK in a country which is so rich there are so many people who um, can't afford to buy food because they need to pay their, the rent they need to pay school fees so there's a lot of people who go to soup kitchens or food banks and so it was quite important that um, we also didn't want we're tackling food waste we also wanted to make sure that we didn't waste anything and so it just started really kind of organically that uh, we started donating to uh, the Brixton community fridge mm -hmm. at the start because they were uh, quite small now we work with um, City Harvest and the Felix Foundation and they mm -hmm. come and collect from us uh, two or three times a week so, wow. uh, yes, they come and then they will redistribute to different food banks and soup kitchens. That's great. Yeah, because um, City Harvest and, and Felix projects like that, they I know from having worked with City Harvest um, for a period mm -hmm. that they have a lot of donations from supermarkets and other um, retailers that are kind of a bit... Um, a, a single type of a single category of food yeah. and they need that fresh element more yeah. so like fruit and veg is really important and so yeah to go to one place where they mm. can get that rather than essentially doing what you do you're kind of doing it for them they can yeah. come to you mm. and yeah do it that way so that, that's really yeah cool. because uh, usually people in supermarkets can donate dry goods mm -hmm. but uh, uh Food banks don't usually accept uh, fresh produce mm. because uh, of the short shelf life. But here, um, these charities come and they get uh, a van load of produce that they can redistribute to a, a few different places. Mm. Yeah. And tell us a bit more about uh, the Brixton Community Fridge. I think it's so cool. Some people might not know what it no, yeah, is. I don't yes. even, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically it's... Uh, a fridge which is open to everyone and uh, when people have any uh, surplus food so it can be anything they just leave it in the fridge and anybody else uh, can take uh, anything they need from the fridge mm -hmm. and so oh. it's there in uh, uh, Brixton but and is uh, it a big fridge or is it yes, just it's, it's like a room is it a no like, it's uh, it's just a, a fridge but much bigger than what your no. home fridge would be oh, okay uh, it would be like a uh, three, four times the size of uh, your home. Your home fridge. Your wow. home fridge. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. nice. And do people abuse that or are they, people are quite... I don't think so. I think people know uh, what it's for. Mm. And so from what I know, I don't think uh, there's too much abuse. Mm. And then there's uh, volunteers who kind of make sure to check that uh, 
produce which are left in the fridge are still good yeah. and uh, clean up yeah. the fridge. <laughs> so, yeah. mm. Well, I guess I want to dive now more into the wonky veg um, mm. issue and, mm. and just understanding for our listeners the size of the problem. And, you know, it's it's been, again, in the media quite often, but... You know, can you just tell us a little bit more of, you know, why why wonky veg occurs and why the supermarkets have such strict regulations on, on them? Yeah. So initially it was a regulation which was set up by the, the EU to kind of make sure that the quality of the produce was good enough for consumption. Um, that regulation was lifted uh, 10 years ago. But uh, supermarkets continued to use that as uh, kind of uh, the standard for what mm -hmm. good uh, quality mm -hmm. produce is. And it's, uh, it's also because in terms of uh, supply chain and also because we use so much packaging, having um, four apples uh, in a bag, if all the apples are the same size, uh, then it's easier than having to deal with... Uh, um, different sizes mm -hmm. apples when you sell a bag of one kilo yeah 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 definitely and it's mm -hmm. like how do you divide it yeah, yes. what do you, especially yes. if you're a restaurant mm -hmm. how do you portion it all that kind of stuff yeah. and then when people come to buy it as well if they see one bag which has got four small apples in it and one with four big ones they're, they're going to leave the one with small ones yep. in probably so yeah there's that as well yeah so i i think it's um it's a combination of uh, now customers are used to kind of uh, seeing perfect looking produce and they don't want things which don't look the way they are used to. But it's also kind of uh, the, for the supermarket, it's easier to have everything calibrated. And for example, uh, cucumbers, they are always straight, but that's not necessarily how, how they, they grow. grow. Yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> wrapping machine only will has been mm. built for straight cucumbers. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. you've got to think about the packaging, yeah. the everything that goes yeah. around a vegetable or fruit. And even to store, even to stack things uh, for transportation and in the store, it's more efficient. Uh, it takes yeah. less space if all the cucumbers are straight. Or even if you look at the peppers stacked nicely, mm, yeah. all mm. perfectly looking, yeah. Yeah, interesting. These are all these things which you don't think about, which have been built up around this perfect humorist idea ideal of what yeah supermarkets yep. are and there are things which are uh, a lot crazier so we went to visit a grape supplier and he was uh, telling us while we were walking through the pack house he was telling us that uh, in the uk people like their white grapes really green uh, but in europe people like their grapes slightly more yellow and in fact uh, it's better to have them yellow because that means that there's more sugar in them. Mm. So they've, uh, they will be sweeter. Interesting. But in the UK, people will see um, yellowish grapes as uh, not fresh anymore. <laughs> and so uh, what we uh, get in our box are the yellow ones, mm. Mm, which <laughs> are tastier, in fact. Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> You mean yeah. in the inside of the grape? No, Maybe. just the on grape the side is slightly oh, okay. uh, more. Mm. Slightly we got more we got red grapes this on yesterday. Yeah, they, red, they will be. They change. Yeah, I was like, I love the grapes. Yeah. It's like the you know when you get a exciting thing in the box, you're like yes, we got grapes this <laughs> week. 
people fight over those grapes in our office let me tell you um, well on that point i think it's also quite interesting to to see how humans have evolved to think that uh, a vegetable only is good if it's a perfect shape which i find you know only recently mm. people are starting to disassociate that even when mm. you go grocery shopping subconsciously mm. or consciously you still kind of look for the, the perfect looking yes. ones and it's yeah. if every single person going to a, a tesco or a sainsbury or loblaws or any of those massive grocery stores are, are kind of just searching for the pretty ones what happens to all of the yeah. imperfect, ones, the imperfect ones even in the grocery yeah. store they get mm. left out and and that's why uh, supermarkets then want more perfect because they know that the less good looking one will be left out mm-hmm. mm. And then that's a, a waste of money for them. So it pays yep. for them to have the perfect ones. Yeah. So it's a bit of uh, a vicious circle. Yeah. Kind of, uh, um, supermarket saying it's because consumers want that. And then consumers mm-hmm. saying, uh, yes, but we only get that in the supermarket. Mm. And I guess now we've seen supermarkets adopting more of a wonky veg mentality where, you know, you get one one range like apples and it's a wonky veg apple yeah. box or a bag or something like that what do you think is is the challenge in that and do you think that will be successful in in the future do you think people will adopt more wonky odd shaped you know mentality that that's okay so the supermarkets always have had uh, ranges like this earlier they were called basics or essentials and even they still have these ranges if you compare kind of the cheaper mm-hmm. range of produce um, these are probably the ones that they've rebranded as wonky <laughs> that's so funny so to make it cool and trendy and yes, sustainable because, because it's cool and trendy but uh, there's always been kind of uh, uh, second-class produce which have been sold for cheaper. Obviously, they make lower margins on this produce. So for them, it's not great if more people buy this cheaper produce. So it's a bit of uh, kind of... Uh, I think it's more because it's trendy. They need to be seen as doing something that they've got these ranges, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily what they want uh, um, people to mm-hmm. buy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And also, they don't want to. It would be better for everyone if there was only one range mm-hmm. and not different ranges yeah. at different prices. Yeah. Can you see that happening at any point? Do you think there's a way to go before the demand for? I think, yes, I think there's quite a long way to go. Mm. But already having things unpackaged will make things a bit easier. But uh, yes, there's quite a long way to mm. go. Mm. Yeah. And I guess with, with Oddbox, one of the things that I love that you guys do, which is really, um, you know, brought, brought people's awareness up, especially in my office, is you share, or I don't know if you still do it, but you used to share the yeah. story of why something was, was wonky. So I know at Christmas time, for instance, we got all these tiny clementines that were mm. so tiny, but the most tasty. And it was, the story was, oh, because the retailer would just yeah. requested really small clementines and rejected them. And I think it's so fascinating that you do that. And I guess um, my question in that is, is how are you gonna how do you share the impact what what a reaction have you gotten from other people how do you kind of continue to tell these these stories because i think it's something so magical yes and i think for us that's uh, uh, that's what 
we uh, really uh, love about kind of uh, being a direct-to-consumer business is that we can talk to people, mm -hmm. we can explain what's happening mm -hmm. uh, on the farm, uh, what's happening in the industry, what are the challenges, and really educate people, also kind of, uh, provide tips and recipes so that mm -hmm. people don't end up wasting things at home. Mm -hmm. So it's really part of uh, um, what we do to, uh, to educate Mm. people about the issue yeah because as you say that's kind of the the stem of it really isn't it it's yeah. that we need to educate people so that they understand the issue and then they're not demanding the perfect fruit and veg mm -hmm. yeah. in the supermarket in yeah. the first place so and also when uh, people get lots of root veg in the winter uh, for them to kind of realize why uh, we can't give them asparagus yeah. in the winter and <laughs> why they, yeah. yes, and why they'll only get asparagus two months a year so mm. there's lots of things like that that even we've learned that mm -hmm. the asparagus season so starts short. is short, so short it yeah. starts from mid-april to mid-june yeah. and after that uh, nobody in the uk grows asparagus anymore mm. uh, and yeah no, it's so funny that yeah. you have that example because last every Sunday I go to this farmer's market near my house in Glens Park and asparagus season is over. But I mm -hmm. had a, a recipe of an asparagus salad that I was going to make on Monday. Um, and I was like, went to all the farmers. I was like, asparagus? And they're like, no, we don't grow it anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I've got to find another vegetable. Yeah. And just getting into that mentality. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, in a supermarket, I would just be like, okay, let me grab the yeah. asparagus. Let me, and it really and does. And the asparagus is from somewhere like Peru. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. it's really Something interesting like to be like, okay, I'm actually going to start cooking more. And I know it sounds like such a, you know, sustainability 101 cook mm -hmm. locally, but it, it really does push you. And especially mm. with the box, it kind of just gives you that mm. push to be more yeah. local and yeah. seasonal. Yeah, so it's, it's always a bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. but then... If you understand more about why uh, you've got specific things in your mm -hmm. box at specific times yeah. of the year, then uh, we know that people will be more on board to kind of uh, try to make it work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you've got like uh, a selection of things, you know, the story behind it, you know, it's kind of more precious in a yeah. way. Mm -hmm. Like asparagus is only there for two months a year mm -hmm. and you're sort of like cherish it more and make you know you make your recipes around what you've got mm -hmm, yeah. rather than the other way around yes you make the most of it and uh, in fact our customers received asparagus every week for uh, two months wow. so <laughs> but who's going to complain about asparagus anymore anyway so yeah no, so, so true um well i guess that brings us nicely on to our challenge um mm. And I guess before we go into our challenge, just want to explain a little bit what we're going to be doing. Um, Lydia and I are going to list off a couple of fruit and veg and guess the reason why we think it's, it's most commonly wasted. Obviously, these these things change all the time. Um, but, but before we do that, can you just give us some of those reasons of what we should be guessing for? Like, what are the most common reasons in, in those kind of blurbs that you send people? What, what are they? So... In lots of the cases, it can be too big or too small because supermarkets want a specific calibration for the produce. Uh, it can be skin scarring, um, it can f this kind of cosmetic imperfections. It can be color, it can be shape, um, blemishes, or in lots of cases, it's just that it's surplus, that it's been overproduced, or for example, the weather turns and uh, suddenly uh, there's a lot of lettuce 
but uh, it's slightly colder and people don't want to eat lettuce mm. and therefore uh, we end up with lettuce in the odd box yeah okay cool so those are our kind of our options options and we're going to go through this list and try and guess and then you have to tell us whether we're right or wrong yeah, yeah? cool <laughs> okay so the first one is onions mm-hmm I mean, do you know the answers to these? No, or did you just, no, okay. no, no, I just looked at what they, they produce. Okay. Like, I know the answers. I, I think I know the answers for some of the fruit and veg because I read the blurb that they give us mm. every every week. But um. Okay, so I, I get a handicap, okay? <laughs> get two extra points. But not veg. We only get fruit. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Well, onions then. So what do you think the issue? Onions. So they grow underground. Mm. Um. I don't know. I would say surplus because, you know, a small onion's not a bad onion. I don't know. Yeah. Surplus? Too many? I would say the most common is either surplus or um, blemishes on the skin because I know sometimes oh. they can be a bit yellow or something on the skin. I don't know. So the most common for onions are size, that oh. they are smaller, so we get smaller. a lot of small onions. Because ah. in the supermarkets, you always get slightly big kind of bigger ones. But also, sometimes they've lost part of their skin. Mm. So they're oh. called skinners. skinners. <laughs> yeah. You were kind of right. Yeah. 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 Um, but oh, that surprised me because I like smaller onions. Mm-hmm. I don't like the big ones. They seem like yeah, quite close to like a shallot. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one is apples. Um, we get a lot of apples in our box. So every week we get apples, and we've got a lot of apple eaters in our office. Um, so I've, I'm going to say surplus. Okay, I'm going to say size. So it's it can be um, it can be all of these. So it can mm-hmm. be size. Sometimes we get bigger, smaller. Sometimes surplus, and sometimes scarring. So like uh, a few uh, a few years ago, there was. Uh, uh, hail storm oh. which uh, uh, impacted the apples at uh, when while they were really tiny mm. and that means that uh, when they grow you s- you can still uh, see a bit of that scarring and it doesn't look perfectly uh, mm. this perfect uh, in the apple, same yeah. color all around yeah. oh poor little apples I know. scarring I know. <laughs> okay bananas bananas before we go into bananas i have a question where do you get the bananas they can't be grown in no the UK. there's no bananas grown in the uk but then uh, we import so, so uh, some suppliers import bananas from uh, south america mm-hmm. and uh, other places and then uh, bananas end up being wasted here oh mm. so then okay. how do you get the bananas from from when they've already been brought yep. over yep. oh interesting mm-hmm. okay because my it was one of a, a common question we got like where are these bananas from why are they being wasted mm. um okay i think with bananas it might be something to do with the um the uh oh no no i'm not gonna say that you go first. Okay, I think it's to do with size. Bananas are like such a. Hmm. But measured. I feel like would they even get into the the airplane if they weren't big enough? Oh, hmm. yeah. So good bananas. Question. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good point. So bananas uh, usually come by ship and they uh, they travel kind of for a long time and um, they are um, when they are picked. Uh, uh, in South America, they are all green, and they mm. come here and they ripen them here. Mm-hmm. So 
um, we get a lot of bananas which are surplus. So uh, surplus to requirements that uh, they've ripened too much or a supermarket changed their order. Mm -hmm. Mm. But we also get singles. So in the uh, supermarket, you get a bunch of bananas. Yeah. Uh, and it's only people who can tear them apart. But uh, sometimes uh, we, get, uh, we get these singles. Singles. Ah, okay, yeah. Cause I always it's so true. That, you, never yeah. buy, you never pick up a single. Yeah. Well, and if you, I can imagine people pick three or two yeah. and then there's one left. On, I'm such the a bunch. culprit for that. I break Same. apart those bunches. I know, but it's much. better than buying too many and wasting them mm. at home. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Especially when all But next time, you know what I'm going to do? Pick the singles. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Tip for everyone. Yeah, that's what I do at the supermarket. The I look at the ones which <laughs> which don't look perfect. So, oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, so grapes. I mean, we've maybe covered the grapes, mm. but color. Yeah, I guess yeah. color. Um, color. Size? And small. Yes, yeah, size, size yeah, as well. Grapes, yeah. yeah, small ones. Yeah. Mm. I think they're the best tasting yeah, ones. Yeah, they're sweet. Um, clementines. I think this is sized. Mm. So it's size and it's also on, on the, some scarring sometimes or kind of spots on the outside skin. Oh, but it's an outside skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. What's the spots on the... I mean, I haven't even never seen one. That's probably quite telling. Sometimes it's just the way they grow uh, mm. closer to the tree or uh, so. Okay. So they have like green yeah. spots? or like Green spots or mm. sometimes slightly brown spots. Mm. Okay. Tomatoes? Oh, I think they might be sometimes um, surplus um, or size. I'd say surplus because when I grow tomatoes in my garden, they grow like wildfire. And, and, they, and they like they can get too ripe, can't they, quite quickly? Uh, I don't know. No? What so yeah, so we wouldn't be able to put things which are too ripe mm -hmm. in our boxes because yeah, it doesn't have a good off. shelf life. So it's either surplus, but also we have a uh, supplier who supplies retailer with uh, vine tomatoes, mm -hmm. and uh, on the shelf they want six on the vine. Uh, so if uh, there's eight, they cut two, and what? so we get these oh two. Oh my gosh! If I got those two, I'd be so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! You don't even think about these you things. Don't. This is insane. Great game. To that extent, <laughs> yeah. Um, beetroot. Oh. I don't know the answer beetroot. for this. Underground growing, think yeah. that too. Um, maybe size. Um, yeah, like the onion. Yeah. I think it's like the onion, underground. You don't know how big it is. You pull it out. Oop, too small. Too mm. big. <laughs> yes, it's quite a lot on uh, size. size. Yeah. Mm. Getting better. Okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. Cucumber. Yeah, so we've touched on that. The shape. Yeah, so Same. we get the curly cucumbers, but also we get some surplus. Oh, mm. nice. Oh, yeah. Well, good to know. Well done. That Thanks. was a good game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess that's it for us. Um, Emily's provided us with a, a discount code. Did you want to just tell the listeners what it what it is? Yes, so you can get 50% off your first odd box with discount switch 50 Perfect. And where can the listeners find you? What is your social media handles, your website, all of that good stuff? Yeah. So our website is oddbox.co.uk. Social media is oddboxldn. Brilliant. Thank you. You can find all kind of wonky yeah, fruit and veg photos <laughs> and cats in boxes and all <laughs> kind of amazing things on our Instagram and our Facebook page. 
Amazing. Thank you. Um, and guys, please don't forget to send in your questions or um, what you want us to cover in future episodes. Uh, you can do that at hello at podcastswitch.com or at podcastswitch on Instagram or Twitter. And thank you so much, Emily, for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Lindia, and thanks, uh, Ashna. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you yeah. so much, and I've, I've definitely learned a lot, and I yeah, hope same. you all, um, you know, start to, to explore more wonky veg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give it a chance. Give yeah. these fruit and veg a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, and uh, speak to you all soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.